On this episode of Notes on My Phone, we talk about dead AirPods, mobile orders at Chipotle, your middle school stories that you sent in, and a little song about losing stuff that you love. All that and more. Let's get it. phone where I discuss the questions, thoughts, ideas, and observations that we make on a daily basis that are worth noting. I'm your host, Ryan Lynch. I hope you guys are having a beautiful day, whether you are working out, you're brewing a cup of coffee, or driving into the middle of the woods to hide a dead body that your cousin called you up and said you need to help me because I have blackmail on you from middle school, whatever it may be. Thank you for spending your time doing that with me. And I did mention, you know, Some of you might be working out while you're listening to this, and that's where I want to start today. I had a stressful day today, so what better thing to do than to go exercise, you know, help alleviate some of the stress that I've going on right now. I've been a little off my workout regimen the last couple weeks, so let me go to the gym, get a nice fat pump in, and uh, that'll be great. And so I get in my car, I drive to the gym, I put my mask on, I grab my keys, my phone, my shaker bottle, And then I go for my AirPods. I open my little dental floss-esque case, whatever wireless headset you may have. Maybe you're wired, but I prefer to be wireless. I like less wire with my wiring. So I see the one thing that no AirPod or wireless headphone owner wants to see. That little light that's supposed to be green or orange, it just didn't turn on, which means that my AirPods were dead. Depression ensues. And now you're left with making one of two decisions. Option number one, call it a day, drive back home, and just not work out. At least I got out of the apartment, not let myself feel guilty, because at least I got out of the apartment today. I'll just drive home, eat, do some stupid bullshit, and then not let myself feel guilty for not doing the one thing that I told myself would make me feel better if I did it. So, you know, that's one way you can go about it. That's option number one. It was a great effort. At least you got out of the apartment, right? Way to go. Like, at least at least you're trying, and right? That counts, right? That affirmation, that affirmation in your head. You play those games with your head, and I do that sometimes. But today I went with option number two. Now, option number two is putting those headphones on, getting out of the car, and accepting the challenge of doing a little bit of some role play. You're a little... You're a little sneaky spy when you throw those dead AirPods on. Nobody knows about that. Your mission is to work out without letting anybody find out that your AirPods are dead. Challenge accepted. Everyone's thinking that I'm listening to my Katy Perry playlist while I'm doing my Kegels. And one, and two, and three, and four. Oh, no, 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 no. You are wrong, my friend. I'm actually eavesdropping on everything that's going on. I'm listening to Natasha Benningfield sing Pocket Full of Sunshine over the shitty radio system that they have at the gym. That's what I'm listening to. So if you have a secret, don't say it by me, but you wouldn't know any better because my AirPods are dead and you think they aren't. Wearing your AirPods when they're dead or not playing anything, it's like you're in on a little joke with yourself. It's very cute. It's very cute. It's also great to avoid unwanted head nods and, hey, how's it going? How you doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, how's it going? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to fully own it, though. You you really need to sell it. It's truly role play. So if you're ever thinking about getting into acting, maybe the greatest place to start or the first place to start is by throwing on your AirPods and pretending that you're listening to something. It truly is role play. Imagine getting, imagine getting caught in the act of having 
dead AirPods. Just imagine you're walking down the street and there's someone from Jehovah's Witness. They're walking by you and they ask if you're free to chat. And, you know, what you're supposed to do is ignore them or you could chat with them if that's what you're into. But I typically don't like to entertain conversations on the street like that. You're walking down the street and then he calls you out on it. And then he says, hey, let me see your AirPods. And then you're a cuck, so you actually stop, and you're, you're not doing well with the role play. So you turn around, and you say no. And then he says, I said, let me see your fucking AirPods. And then a crowd starts to form around you, and it's getting really loud, and you get real anxious. And then you hand him your AirPods. He pops them open. They're dead. You're dead. He's a liar. He's a liar. And then you get publicly executed by the general public getting stoned. I don't know. Anyways, I wrapped up my workout. Then I placed a mobile order for Chipotle. And I know Chipotle isn't always perfect. They mess up orders all the time. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt because of, we're in COVID times. I won't bring up how frustrating it is when you are super polite and extra cool with them in hopes of getting a full portion of protein. And then they shimmy off just enough of it before you would ever think about speaking up for yourself. Cuck. I won't mention that. I've been ordering mobile lately. I hate waiting in lines. It's in and out. That being said, going into it, I know it's not going to be perfect, especially when I order around 6 p.m., which is prime time dinner rush. So I'm waiting there along with the rest of my mobile orderies. And let me tell you, when the Chipotle employee comes out, took note of this. I, as an observer, I noticed that everybody flocks like a bunch of seagulls or as if they're scrambling to see if they made the cut to the high school musical. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, is that my burrito bowl? Is that my burrito bowl? It is, it is, it is. I'm so much better than all of you. You have to wait, you have to wait. Everyone's on top of each other. And when it's not their order, I've never seen people just completely disregard the idea of having any sense of patience. Everyone's whipping out their phones with their masks on, going to the poor Chipotle employee, and like, I ordered three minutes ago, where is it? And they have their phone, they're putting it in their face, and they're showing them the receipt. Like, get the fuck out of his face. Don't kill the messenger. He knows it's busy. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's ridiculous. And then as I'm sitting there, it did take a while for my order to come, but I was very entertained by just seeing what the people were doing. So, you know, if, if, if you're putting your phone in their face, and you're like, oh, I ordered, I ordered, cool your Jets Buster Brown, all right? They're trying their best. I know, you know, things aren't perfect. But don't do that. You, you're a shitty person if you do something like that. So the crowd diverges back to their original waiting areas once they realize that their food orders are not ready yet. And then I notice, and I, I've done this before too, so I'm calling myself out, and I'm sure some of you have done this as well. Every 10 to 15 seconds, with hands on hips and entitlement in the air, someone will walk over to the rack like a private investigator in a black and white film. The day was August 21st. A brisk evening, 6 p.m. sharp. I was standing there waiting patiently at the local burrito establishment. But then I went to look at the rack to discover another clue. It was the last name on that ticket. Mr. Ratburn. It was his burrito bowl, not mine. I was angry. Frustrated. When would my burrito come? Would it be soon enough? Only time can tell. But until then, we all know that I'm just standing here amongst the rest of impatient men. And then it cuts to a scene of blinds closing, black and white, cameras panning further away, Lots of and shadows. then a circular transition out. Yeah. I digress. You know, people at Chipotle, 
keep an eye out for that. It's it's quite a show to watch. They act like children. Speaking of children, I wanted to share some middle school stories that our listeners have been sending in. I've been asking you guys, um, and you guys delivered. I got some really funny ones and some funny conversations to, to be had from this. So, you know, I'll make up fake names to protect the identities of these students and these people. I haven't developed enough clout yet where I can just go out and bash people on, on a first name, last name basis. But maybe one day. I hope you didn't bully me. Anyway. Let's dive into some of the middle school stories that were sent in. This one was sent in by Sarah. Sarah, thanks for sending this in. This one's brief, but um, she said, I'm assuming this is the beginning of the school year. We went around the room sharing our favorite things that we did all summer. And one kid named, we'll say Toby, said that he was nocturnal for the entirety of the summer. And I believe it. I, I know who this person is. Uh, I feel like we all went to school with somebody that, you know, and if you like anime, so be it. Good for you. Um, but, you know, the people, there's always somebody in class that would run as if they're in an airplane. They put their arms behind their back and then they would sprint like Sonic whenever we had to do our, our running around. So that was this kid. And he was a big gamer, big Halo guy, big Pokemon guy, and to each their own. No judgment in that sense. But to be able to stay up, um, all night. It's very impressive. Nocturnal for the entirety of the summer. I did Google. Is it bad to be nocturnal? A nocturnal schedule places you at a greater risk of heart disease, diabetes, gastrointestinal illness, and reproductive problems. And for people whose body clocks are misaligned for many years, higher rates of some cancers. So that's bad news. I think he's still alive. So kudos to you for developing a strange but successful habit at least he's committed to something at least he committed to it in the sense that he was going to get his eight hours I look back on the middle school and in some sense I'm sure we all were staying up very late doing whatever we wanted to do you know I stayed up late playing video games or on Skype with my buddies all of the summer months of my middle school years I can't blame our friend Toby over here for at least committing to that I'm sure we all laughed at someone like Toby for saying something like that but we were the ones that were also staying up just as late, and we probably weren't even getting our eight hours of sleep. Eight hours of sleep are very important to us. We really need that. I found myself at 3, 4 a.m. watching something stupid on the internet that I was too young to be watching with my friends on Skype, feeling like shit for the whole day. So he didn't feel like shit during the day because he was sleeping during the day. So you know what, Toby? I'm sorry for judging you back in the day. Sarah, I'm sure, is also feeling bad about judging you. Um, I think we all owe you an apology. You you committed to something that's commendable. And thank you for sharing at the beginning of the school year that you went nocturnal for a full year. That's commitment. You know, a lot of people laugh at that, but maybe we shouldn't be laughing at that. So thank you, Sarah, for sending that in. Let's move on now. Got another one from my friend Jacqueline. Jacqueline, thanks for sending this in. I hope you're doing well. I went to a very, very small private Christian school, and we would pass notes with jokes and whatnot during study hall. Most of them were about llamas with hats or salad fingers. Side note, that YouTube video, uh, Salad Fingers, was a very creepy vibe. If you haven't watched it yet, um, you can DM me. I'll send you the link to it. Uh, very, very creepy vibe. So if that's the same Salad Fingers, Jacqueline, totally understand. Classic middle school bullshit. One day, I passed a note with a sex joke around. Oh, the classic sex joke. Uh, to my friends. Everyone laughed. Good times had by all. The next day, I get pulled out of chapel by the headmaster, 
such an authoritative figure. Oh, and yeah. he's like, tell us what the note says. I wrote a lot of notes and I don't give them a second thought. So I didn't know what he was talking about. After a lot of interrogation, he said the joke out loud. It was hilarious to hear him talk about sex. It always was funny when teachers would talk about sex. And then told me I was getting suspended for the day. Woof. My mom picked me up and laughed about it, but still needed to punish me, so I did some yard work and then just hung out for the rest of the day. But I wanted to make whoever told on me feel bad, so the next day I showed up to school with bruises on my face and on my arms. Thanks to my childhood eyeshadow palette. I didn't get one of those as a kid. Uh, the headmaster asked if anything was going on, and I played dumb. Duh. A year later, he pulled me out of the chapel again to tell me that he overheard from a reliable source that I drew on the bruises to get attention, and the school had a meeting on whether or not they should call Child Protective Services. So, what a term for the worse. Horrible position to put your parents in, Jacqueline. Um, but you did stick up for yourself. You wanted to prove a point. It was a point that you wanted to prove in pettiness, and I don't blame you for that. When it comes to the petty department, uh, I am the manager, the sales associate, and everything in between. I love getting back at people in that regard, so Jacqueline, I commend you for really committing uh, to the role of someone being abused in hopes to make someone feel uncomfortable. I hope whoever did tattle on you felt uncomfortable and felt horrible about themselves getting that horrible pit in their stomach um, that you do get when you do something that you shouldn't have done. Jacqueline, thanks for sending that in. This next one was sent to me on Snapchat by Kyle. Kyle, thanks for sending this one in. It did kind of cut off, so it was very brief too, but I there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack here. Kyle says that he was in Spanish class and he was asked to help move the chair over to the other side of the room. Okay, so kind of an alpha scenario, really stepping up to the occasion. Like you can really prove your strength, prove your mighty to all the guys and girls in class, really show your dominance. He said that he stood up and immediately got a bonus. Ios mio, my friend. That's a tough position to find yourself in. But you know what? We all were in middle school at one point wearing our khaki shorts and our ankle socks and our Nike sneakers with our fingers diddling each other, not even thinking about anything besides boyish thoughts. The black eyed peas. Sometimes a boner would pop. A boner would sprout. And unfortunately for you, Kyle, it happened when you were on the biggest stage of the, of the classroom. And I'm really sorry that you went through that. This is a topic I, I'd love to bring back up again when I have a couple guests on. Uh, I think there's a lot more we can unpack. I'm sorry that you went through that. Hopefully you had a big dick. Um, I don't know if I can say that, but, you know. We're all adults here, guys. Cut it out. Okay, next one comes from JP. JP says, I was in the fifth grade. We sat at a table where we pushed all of our desks together. Four of us, just like a house. Just like a pretty little house. Next thing I know, we're about to start school. We have all of our stuff in our desk, including pencil cases. Great detail to share, JP. Couldn't go through middle school without remembering cold metal, and there's a little indent for your pencils, and also some space for those pencil cases. There were toothpicks all over the class. Why? I don't know. So I grabbed some scissors. I cut the toothpicks. Everyone's cutting toothpicks. We're in middle school. Everyone's doing crazy shit, and then we're shooting them at each other. I was flirting with a girl, so I flicked some toothpicks at her. She tried to block it as best as she could, and he cut her finger very badly. That resulted in JP getting two detentions, and the teacher tried to get him suspended. So he went home, and he was forced to read the book, What Would Jesus Do? What would Jesus do? So what would Jesus do in that situation? He probably wouldn't be flicking toothpicks at people, but he'd probably be... I'm sure if, if Jesus was in middle school, he probably was a little bit of a douchebag. Probably showing off all of his cool tricks, 
getting all the ladies to love him. Oh my God, Jesus, you're so hot with your long hair. Oh my God, look at you. You want to see me turn this apple juice into wine? I don't know, I digress. But I hope that book was good, JP. And if you do have a copy of it, please uh, let me know because I'd love to, to give it a good old read um, just in case I ever need to. So, And then the last story is about the same person that our friend Sarah had mentioned uh, about our friend Toby. I remember very vividly in eighth grade, we were doing an icebreaker about articulation. Okay, so we were trying to practice our enunciations of words and we played this game called Zip, Zap, Zop. And if you're not familiar with what the game is, essentially, whatever group you're in, so my entire class, you stand in a very big circle. It starts with one person. They put their hands together as if they're praying, and they point at somebody, and then they say, zip. And then the person that gets zipped has to respond by saying, zap, to somebody else with a point, and then again with a zop. So you go zip to someone, then they go zap to someone, then they go zop to someone and then you keep doing it and then the teacher will have another student start so it can get tricky as you might accidentally say zip instead of zap or zop instead of zip or zop instead of zap so you understand the premise of it and then it gets harder and then if you mess up you get eliminated so middle school gotta win the game very competitive atmosphere we are playing a round of zip zap zop and this is the final round of the day so we want to leave on a good note us sweaty middle schoolers we want to make sure that we're the winner and we're leaving the classroom as the alpha all right, as we all do in life. You want to be an alpha in life, not a beta. We got the whole class, I'd say, between 16 and 24 people in this circle. Everyone's really focused. This is before the phones. This is in 2009, 10. This is before the phones. So no distractions, no distractions at all. Everyone's tuned in on the game. My teacher, Miss Both, she starts it off. Someone goes zip. Someone goes zap. And they zap it to Toby. And then Toby is going to say zop. He sticks his fingers out, does his point, and as he says zop, a ball of phlegm flies out of his mouth. A ball of phlegm flies out of his mouth and floats in slow motion as the entire class's jaws drop, and they watch it fall slower and slower and closer and closer to the ground. And it made a plopping sound. It was like, and everybody was just staring at it. It wasn't even funny at the time. No one thought it was funny. This was trauma. Imagine, imagine spitting a loogie by accident at the beginning of a game when you have your guard down at its most. Poor Toby. And I remember we all cringingly just played the rest of the round so turned off and tuned out of winning that game because in the center of the circle there was just a yellow ball of phlegm. If that happened to me, if that happened to any of us, I think that we would be in a very, very, very dark place. Not that anyone would make fun of you. I don't even think people made fun of him for this. This was a moment of everyone looking at him and basically thinking to themselves and communicating without saying anything, damn, bro, that sucks. That really sucks. Because if I'm talking to somebody and 
a little bit of food comes out of my mouth, like a little crumb or something, which is disgusting. I cringe. I I don't even I don't even pretend that you can either pretend that food's not coming out of your mouth or you can apologize for food coming out of your mouth. I will completely apologize immediately. God forbid a speckle of food lands on somebody that you're talking to. It could completely ruin the conversation. You need to address it immediately. If you wait, if there's more than three seconds that go by and you don't address the fact that there is a speckle of food on someone that you're speaking with, that's a big problem. You cannot do that. You cannot live your life doing that. I will die standing up for that decision because if somebody were to spit food on you while you're talking, God forbid you are embarrassed for them because you know how embarrassed they are, but they better do something about it within the first three seconds. Otherwise, I am going to swipe whatever disgusting thing that you just projectiled onto my body off of my face. Hopefully, it's not on my face. Oh, my God. If it's on my face, I'd I'd wish I was dead. I would jump off the nearest balcony head first if somebody spat food onto my face by accident and didn't do anything within the first three seconds. You, my friend, should be charged with second-degree murder. That stuff's disgusting. And just imagine just the sound effect of the plop of the the loogie landing on the floor. I just can't. I just can't. It's too funny. Um, So, I, you know, those are a couple of stories. I guess you can say that's a combination of... Let's not forget some dissatisfaction, some satisfaction as well. A little bit of everything in this episode, a little bit off the script and off the cue cards. Um, But I love reading middle school stories. What a kick I get out of those. So thanks to anybody that sent them in so far. And if you guys have any more stories down the line, I do plan on discussing this with my guests because I just cannot wait to hear what other stories uh, I hear from other people. Such a funny time that we all went through such a weird, awkward transitional period. And I think we have a lot more in common during those situations than we think we have. So thank you once again for sending those in. Now, before I wrap things up today, I did want to share with you a little poem that I had written. Does it turn into a song? Maybe. I don't know. I'm just going to have to listen and find out together. But essentially, I wanted to address the fact that there are objects and items that we have in our lives that aren't always with us forever. We buy them with the intention that they're going to be with us for two to five years to forever. I'm talking about sunglasses. I'm talking about a set of headphones. I'm talking about maybe a water bottle, maybe a Yeti, maybe a Yeti that you once had. You know what? I actually am going to talk about a Yeti right now. used to have a navy blue Yeti, and I went to visit my friend Andrew on Long Island, and I don't see him quite often, and I left my Yeti in the back of his Jeep, And it's one of those circumstances, one of those situations where you know that you're probably not going to get it back, at least anytime soon. And, you know, from drinking water to drinking lemon water, I have so many memories with my Yeti bottle. It's been there through thick and thin. And I was really upset at the fact that we get these nice things and in a moment of carelessness, they could be gone forever. They can be replaced always, but... In the moment when you're spending time with them, you you know, you, you think that they're going to be there forever. And sometimes they're not. Sometimes you have to replace them. And this is a poem about, I guess, I guess my carelessness and an apology to something that I thought I was going to be with forever. Dear Yeti, don't forget me. I sucked your tip. I sucked it steady. When I needed water, you're the only one that would get me. But now you're far, so please forgive me. 
left you in the back of this truck. Now I'm the cuck, shit out of luck. I need my H2O. Straight for you. Fuck. I wrote a straw for you and now it's here. But no lid to stick it. No, I can't sip it, so now it's finally clear. I won't see you again. But dear Yeti, I'm sorry that I loved you. Please. Too many times I forget things At places where I didn't mean to leave them Didn't mean to leave I lost them. my glasses in the ocean And I'll say that they were stolen I think I left but my car on took you them. and I know I'm the one to blame for listening this week to notes on my phone i really appreciate all of you guys so far especially as we are just starting to to build up on this podcast i'm having a lot of fun so far please continue to send me any of the stories that you have at nomp podcast at gmail.com you can dm me at ryan lunch 28 or on the notes on my phone podcast give that a follow if you don't already please share with any of your friends that you think would be interested or get a giggle out of it uh they mean the world to me and also if you give me five stars uh on the apple podcast review section that would help me out very much as well I do have a couple updates for you guys. My GoPro just came in, so be on the lookout. My episodes going forward are going to be on a YouTube channel that I have. Uh, so info will be posted on the Instagram page. And i uh, got some really good guests coming on in the next few weeks. So very excited. A lot of fun times to be had with all of you guys. Thanks again for listening to Notes on My Phone. I'll see you sexy people next week. Let's get it.